Why are Cheetos banned in Germany? And how do you sneak them in? A new Japanese show on Netflix sends children into busy cities on their own. And a driver killed two people and blamed it on uncontrollable defecation. These are the weird stories for Tuesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a closet. Here we go. Why are Cheetos banned in Germany and how do they sneak into the country? This is the conundrum in Germany, it turns out, where due to some trademarking by the country's largest snack food corporation, Cheetos have been illegal since 1980. Are you guys aware of what Cheetos are? Pretty popular in the States. They're a cheesy snack. They have a version of Cheetos called Flaming Hot Cheetos where they're very spicy and they're extremely popular. I would say a notable characteristic about Cheetos is you can tell when someone's been eating them because they have orange powder all over their fingers and the rim of their lips usually. Their tongue will be orange as well. That's the fallout of eating Cheetos is everybody knows you just acted like an animal eating some Cheetos. They also had like a pretty crafty, cool little uh, cartoon. What do they call those? Mascot. That's the word I'm looking for. They have a pretty cool mascot, Chester the Cheetah, who's a cheetah that likes cheese. He uh, first appeared in 1986 in a series of animated TV commercials for Cheetos. He had like a catchphrase that we all knew. It was called, it's not easy being cheesy. <laughs> he wears sunglasses. He's like a very cool, hip cat. You know what I mean? So Cheetos has been embedded in our culture for like 40 years. I didn't know they were banned in other countries, though. I can understand why. I'd imagine your liver doesn't enjoy a whole bag of Cheetos. <laughs> your liver's got to work extra hard to process these Cheetos. Now, I thought they might be illegal in Germany for health reasons, but no, it's because of um, competition. For over four decades, the Dusseldorf-based conglomerate called Intersnack, whose kind of dominates the German market with their chips and pretzels and corn puffs, etc., this company, Intersnack, sues anybody who dares to sell Cheetos in Germany on the grounds that the name Cheetos is much too similar to that of one of their snacks called Cheetos, C-H-I-T-O-S. Now, the Cheetos from the U.S. is, is spelled C-H-E-E-T-O-S. So, yeah, it's like a language thing, but it's also a competition thing, of course. Now, apparently, you can sell the American Cheetos as long as the name is invisible, so... Some stores put a sticker over it. But censoring these Cheetos won't guarantee you safety from the wrath of the Intersnack group. It says earlier this year they fined somebody uh, 2,500 euro because the sticker they'd slapped over the Cheetos logo on each bag could be easily removed, thus leading to brand confusion. But now it says here... Intersnack's marquee chip brand is called Cheetos with no T, C-H-I-O-S with no T. And if you Google Cheetos with a T, the first result you get is Cheetos with E-E-T-O-S question mark. You looking for Cheetos? And uh, the person who wrote the article that I'm digging into says that no German person that they've spoke to, young or old, has ever seen a Cheeto, C-H-I-T-O ever. They're not sold in stores or online anywhere. The only proof of their existence, in fact, is a page on the Intersnack Group website, which features a photoshopped-looking 
bag of circular snacks described as the airy, crispy rings of delicious potato dough with an aromatic cheese note refined with delicious onions. Sounds delicious. Okay, so what's going on here? This company's banned Cheetos because they claim they have a Cheetos, but now they don't really sell those Cheetos. <laughs> no one's ever seen them before. It's just, you know, this whole competition thing creates like monopolies and it... Yeah, at the end of the day, the consumers are the one losing. You know, competition is makes the world better for us because then snack companies have to get better and better, sometimes even cheaper and cheaper, more creative, more delicious, and then we all win because we get cooler snacks and more variety of snacks. This is a damn shame that you can't get Cheetos in Germany. Cheetos are quite delicious. They're not very good for your body, but they're delicious. I mean, if you don't care to have a Cheetos body, you know the one. It's kind of like a pandemic body. Except for orange. <laughs> I mean, your fingers are all orange. Your face is kind of orange. But yet, they're delicious. Now, if you want Cheetos in Germany, you have to sneak them in the old-fashioned way. It says here in the article, many Americans who live in Germany are sourcing their Cheetos the good old-fashioned way by stuffing suitcases full of them every time they hit America. So, it says here, that's how Chris Haskins gets them. Chris Haskins runs the kitchen at Berlin Craft Beer Pub, Manifest Taproom. He garnishes his signature mac and cheese with some Cheetos. Here's a quote from him. I knew I wanted to be American style and I wanted it to stand out visually. It's the super artificial color, that pinkish red. When you bring it to people's tables, there's definitely a wow factor thanks to these Cheetos. Every time Haskins goes to see his family in Washington, D.C. or Atlanta, he brings back 10 bags of Cheetos. He says, luckily, I only use them for this one item at my bar, so I, I just need one bag every two weeks. That's The hardest part is making sure my staff doesn't eat them on the side. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, wow, this sounds like a pretty crazy underground black market Cheetos operation going on over there. Sounds like I could make some extra money flying over to Germany with bags of Cheetos. <laughs> Have you guys heard of Cheetos in other places in the world? I know some of you are in other places. Have you heard of them? They're pretty popular over here. Call my show, 646-450-2012. A Japanese show on Netflix sends kids into busy cities. Experts are pretty torn on whether or not this is okay. Shout out to Connie who sent me this story about the show on Netflix. I don't, I'm not up on my Netflix shows really. So this kind of slipped my awareness. It's called uh, old enough. It's a series on Netflix and it says that it will likely have the hearts of some parents in their mouths because it features kids as young as two years old, taking on tasks such as shopping for groceries, walking a mile to and from home and navigating public transportation all on their own in a huge city. Cameras follow the child from a distance while they perform errands and challenges set by their parents and the makers of the show as well, the producers. Um, this series has been a hit on Japanese TV, by the way, for more than 30 years, but it's just hitting Netflix. So I'd imagine you have a lot of Westerners watching it now for the first time saying, is this OK to send your kid out into the streets? Well, you know, some cities are a lot safer in other countries than they are here in the States. You know, you would never send your kid out in, in a major city in the U.S. to do stuff alone. Because yeah, something could happen. It's a very, it's a very dangerous country. But in places like Japan, you know, people don't even litter in Japan, man. I mean, you got to see it. So, so there's, just, I mean, it's just a whole different vibe over there. Is my point. 
I'm saying this because I've been there. Now, the first season of this is available on Netflix, but the content was actually filmed back in 2013. Each segment, which varies from eight minutes to about 20 minutes, focuses on one particular child. In the first episode, Hiroki, an adorable two-year-old, is dispatched to a local supermarket. His mom sends him on the mission with a 1,000 yen bill in his pocket. She tells him to buy some fish cakes, curry, and a bunch of flowers. The Netflix version uses subtitles to translate the commentary. As Hiroki's sneakers pad along the side of the road, the commenter jokes, we follow, the sk- we follow the sound of his squeaky shoes. He succeeds, and Hiroki's pride in his actions and the boost in his confidence are very touching to see. He has demonstrated huge independence, independence and earned a pat on the back from his parents. The kids' adventures in Old Enough are carefully planned and sanctioned by their families well in advance. If anything were to go wrong, the camera and safety crews are trained to intervene. Yeah. I mean, when you, you got camera crew right there, nothing's going to happen anyways. It's like, you know, we see Bear grills. you know, the man in the wild go out there and barely survive. But then, you know, we all find out, well, it, it, there's a bunch of people there to save his ass if it doesn't go well. In fact, I, I thought there was a story at one point saying that he sleeps in hotels every night. So, like, you know, television is sort of a buffer for for some danger. It says here, parenting experts, they interviewed some parenting experts. Oh boy. Let's hear what they have to say. You ever notice a lot of parenting experts don't have kids. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Two parenting experts who spoke with the media about their views of old enough had different takes on this show. Someone named Lenore is the president of a nonprofit advocating childhood independence group said she was encouraged by the series. She says, it's nice to turn on the TV and see a show where kids run errands and are happy and successful. She described the parenting culture in Japan as more relaxed than in the U.S. She said, in America, we only see kids as being in danger. If someone saw a five-year-old, four-year-old, and certainly more so a two-year-old walking alone from the park, they'd have a heart attack and call the police. That's actually very true. If you see a little infant walking around in the subway, you just you would freak out. You'd be like, something has gone awry. Because like I said... You don't leave your kids unattended in this country. It's too damn dangerous. They're, you know, someone's going to take them and bring them to Walmart and try and sell them in the parking lot. That's America for you, bro. Sorry. So, you know, now you got helicoptering parents as a result of this, and that's not always so great either, but... Okay. This woman says she believes that embracing freedom and trust is healthy for grown-ups as well as kids. Uh, now you have someone else named Tanith Carey, an author of books on parenting. She says she has reservations about the show. She says, I broadly support the idea that children should be taught to do more for themselves. When children feel confident, it builds self-esteem. But, this is a very big but, the tasks that adults ask them to perform have to be appropriate for their development. Well, yeah. Well, it sounds to me like the tasks in this show are part of development. You know, you're teaching your child how to, you know, use directions, how to purchase something, how to... You know, finish a task, how to help the family. What's wrong with these? It sounds like they're teaching some pretty good values to me. But then again, I didn't author a parenting book. So what the hell do I know? And I don't have kids. So what the hell do I know? The article ends by saying it's unclear whether this show will prove as popular in the U.S. as it is in Japan. But the kids daring adventures will no doubt delight some viewers and horrify others. Uh, I'm going to check out this show, by the way, because it's weird. And I want to see what all the hubbub is about. And I actually like uh, stuff like this. I think it's cool. Yeah. And I, I like to see children, you know, accomplishing shit in the real world. It's not easy to do that. 
they're doing things that aren't easy, and they're doing it at a very young age. Uh, and so I like stuff like this. All right, I'm rambling on and on, on and on here because I'm extremely sick and I'm on drugs right now. <laughs> but but I, I do want to ask if you think that this is totally out of line. Whether you've seen the show or not, you kind of get the gist of it by my description. Do you think this is too much to 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 put on children? Have them go to the store and buy some rice cakes? I mean, some people do. Call me. A driver killed two people and then blamed it on uncontrollable defecation. She blamed it on her poop. A driver smashed into two cyclists in Utah. How sad. She killed both of these cyclists. Afterwards, she told the police that the fatal collision happened after she swerved in her vehicle because she was uncontrollably defecating. All right. Uh, the uncontrollable defecator is named Julie. She's been arrested and booked into the county jail on two counts of automobile suicide. I'm sorry, homicide. Two counts of driving under the influence with serious bodily injury. The 47-year-old told the police she had various medical issues and had swerved into the bike lane after she started uncontrollably defecating in her pants. She hit the two brothers from California. These brothers were riding their bikes. They were participating in a bike race, it looks like. The Spring Tour of St. George event. I've never heard of that. Uh, despite witnesses attempting treatment, sadly, the riders were unresponsive and passed away at the hospital. The motorist blamed her irritable bowel syndrome for causing the crash. I don't know if that's a, an acceptable excuse, to be honest with you. My guess is there's more to the story than this. Uh, the arresting documents say the driver told officers she was on multiple medications and began to uncontrollably defecate on herself while driving, so she swerved. Why'd you keep driving if you were defecating? That's what I want to know. If I start defecating, I'm, even the moment where it's leading up to that, like I'm, I'm stopping the car. I'm pulling over. Like, yeah, you, know, you can't defecate and drive, man. Just, I mean, how are you going to control things? This woman was followed by a witness before pulling over several hundred yards from the collision site. The arresting officer wrote that. A witness reported, quote, it appeared that the woman did not have the intention of stopping after hitting the two cyclists. Oh, so she drove right through them. She's on some chemicals or something. Later on, the driver told the police she knew she had hit the cyclist but could not get her vehicle to stop. It was just one excuse after another, man. Arresting documents state that she failed a sobriety test. Okay, so she's, she's messed up. This is what's going on. She's messed up like I am right now. I'm on this drug right now. I'm a... I popped a bunch of pseudofedrine because I can't breathe out of my face. I just feel like I'm so stuffy and it's terrible. I can't, I can't drive like this, man. I would probably uncontrollably defecate as well. Uh, have you guys ever had pseudofedrine and like three cups of coffee? It's, it puts you in a really crazy place. I'm in a crazy place right now. But we're, we're pushing through, guys. We're pushing through in the closet. Okay, so this woman admitted the previous day taking fentanyl. No, boy. Okay, she's, um, yeah, this isn't your ideal driver here, unfortunately. And, and, you know, you got two innocent people passing away from it. So sad. So sad. You know, when I first jumped into this article, I had the best of intentions to sort of try and make it funny because you got someone who's blaming a car crash on uncontrollable defecation. So on some level, it's pretty funny. But then you got two people being killed by it. So it's pretty sad at the end of the day. And, I, you know, I hate to end the show on such a sad note. I just, uh, there's just some people out there that, you know, if you're an if, if you're an uncontrollable defecator and you know that, you know, and you're going to get behind the wheel and you're going to operate heavy machinery, I suggest the diaper. They have them now for adults. You know, you can get some diapers and you can go about your life with the diaper. You can operate a vehicle. You can, you know, go to the axe throwing bar. 
I'd imagine wearing a diaper at a sporting event would be cool because you could just keep drinking. You never have to get up from your seat and go to the bathroom because those bathroom lines can be outrageous. If you've been to a Dodger game, it's just outrageous. So wearing a diaper to an event like that would probably probably be beneficial. Maybe I'll incorporate adult diapers into my life after all is what I'm thinking. Um, this is just an idea from somebody who's pretty messed up right now, so I don't know if I'll follow through with this, but I'm just thinking of the, the benefits of it. Yeah, like not killing cyclists. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me all the way to the end of this episode, into the outro of another just stellar Weird AF News episode. What can we say? We're just plowing through these days. Sick or not, don't matter. Just keep going, guys. Don't give up, man. Don't give up on your dreams. You too can have a podcast inside a closet if you just commit. <laughs> commit. Uh, I got a great email from Adam Simpson. This is a tremendous email. I got to read this to you guys. Check this out. He writes me, Adam from the Northwest of England. Just a quick note to say, I listen to your podcast every day after being introduced it by my girlfriend in the U.S. All right, we got a long distance relationship going here. Centering around my podcast, though. Um, Adam writes, she's a regular listener whose name you may recognize, Jessica Keen, who I do know. I've had many interactions with Jessica. She's a big time fan of the show and a tremendous individual. Adam says, I wrote a review on Amazon UK a couple weeks ago for your show in case you fancy reading it. Five stars, of course. I'm not sure if you see the ones on Amazon UK. Uh, anyways, I'm not the only one on there leaving a review. It seems us Brits are fans as all the reviews are positive on there. So I I actually looked it up and I, I found my Amazon UK page and yeah, all of the reviews are good. It's pretty cool. I, I didn't even see this. I didn't even know this existed. Uh, someone did write me a review on this UK site uh, and then did a screenshot and sent it to me. That was um, Allie. And I read that, but I didn't, I didn't know where, where to go for the original. So I think I found this guy's review on Amazon. Let me read it. Is it antagonist? Is that your, is that where you go by Adam? Uh, Hilarious, the double entendre are epic. Five stars. This guy wakes up five mornings a week with tales of the weird and wonderful from around the world, but focuses on Florida every Friday. I swear, that state is there just so everyone else can feel normal and a little better about their lives, because no matter what happens to you, it could always be worse. You could live in Florida and end up as an object of ridicule by Jonesy. My favorite part of every show, however, is when Jonesy drops a double entendre whether knowingly or not, about which team he bats for and whether he's good friends with Dorothy. So far, he has confirmed he likes to play with balls, bass, and basket, possibly others. He's a fit and good-looking, true, who openly admits he's in the closet, doesn't understand women, would be happy to crash on guys' sofas after doing a gig in the area, and he is grossly underpaid but makes up for it. Makes up for this elsewhere. I have no idea if this is true, but I'm willing to find out. So do yourself a favor and listen to Jonesy before he goes too far into that closet of his and we lose him to Narnia. I think that's his review, and it's such a great review. It's, uh, it's hilarious and poetic. Thank you, Adam. Back to Adam's email. Okay. Adam wanted me uh, to know about the term Trump because I talked about it in yesterday's episode. He says, to clarify... The term Trump for a fart is defi definitely a thing over here in the UK. We use it quite often, so it's not just an Irish thing, but a term used all across the country. Then he writes, can I ask a request as I'm over here in the UK and Jessica is over there in New Jersey? I miss her so much when we're apart. Can I ask that you give her a shout out and tell her that I love her so much? I tell her every day, but I think it'll put such a smile on her face to hear it on Weird AF News. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm reading... Uh, 
this email and and now I have to say to Jessica Keen, who's I assume is listening, that hey Jess, Adam loves you. Adam loves you so much. And he must. I mean, he he sent me an email about this. I mean, you have to love somebody so much to do this, what he's just done. It's pretty romantic, I have to say. There's some there's just amazing people out there in the world, isn't there? Yeah. Um well I'm very flattered with the email. Thank you so much. And uh shout out to this long distance relationship. Let's Let's hope it. Uh, let's hope it lasts forever. Seems pretty cool. Seems like they're very, very into each other. I like that. Uh, I got some more emails, but this outro is about four minutes long. So, uh, just briefly, Robert Cohen wrote me to let me know that uh, Trumps are called farts as well. Thank you, Captain Bob. A couple other people wrote me to just let me know that Trumps are farts over there in the UK. I had never heard of it. I think it's a silly name for a fart. Yeah, to, to be honest with you, and. Coincidentally, it's the same name as one of our dingbat presidents. That's kind of funny. That's a funny aspect of it. But uh, yeah, maybe you have a, another weird word for fart in your country where you live. You know, why don't you call the show and tell me what it is? Teach me a little bit about um, other words for fart in other places. Um, it's a very funny word, and uh, we should we should know uh, more than one for fart. Yeah, let's open up our fart uh, vernacular, as they say. Call my show, 646-450-2012, or email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you tomorrow.